Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Lauren Goldstein, the founder and CEO of the award-winning and globally recognized boutique business consulting firm Golden Key Partnership. And they help specialized seven-figure service-based business owners to finally get out from their business and experience the true entrepreneurial freedom. Beautiful. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, you're so, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to work with? Mm, Yeah, so I currently am in Austin, Texas. I've been doing this work for 12 years and there is nothing that I love more than helping business owners get out from underneath their business and shift from operator to owner. I especially love and primarily work with service-based business owners who have the curse of knowledge and think that no one else can do it like they can. And so they resist giving up quote unquote control to Mm. build out the right team and operations to really have something that will stand the test of time that perhaps is a shift from being a lifestyle business to a legacy business and something truly scalable and saleable. Nice. I mean, that right there, isn't that what I was going to say, isn't it what everyone's sort of striving for? And I'm not sure it is because a lot of people come into business with, I don't have an exit strategy. I didn't realize it was, I I came to do a job. I came to do the work I want to do, kind of built a business along the way and, oh, Mm -hmm. crumbs, what the hell do I do now? So when when your clients come to you, what do you find like time and time again is like the, the number one thing or the thing you have to help them to sort of work through or realize or overcome so that they can progress well with you? Mm. I would say that probably the number one thing that I have to overcome to help it stick (laughs) and for them to not be what my friend Cameron calls a seagull leader. So somebody who um, comes in, poops all over the team and then (laughs) flies away um, is this idea around identity. So a lot of times when we start our business, when we are growing our business, our identity is wrapped around our business. Mm. And when you start to have that conversation of let's get you out of the day-to-day, then in almost every single case, there's this momentary freak out of, okay, but if I'm not doing all of this stuff and I'm not in it day-to-day, then what is my value? And so the the identity, and um, I talked about, on an interview I had this morning about an ego death, um, to really understand that your value is not about the doing and the Mm -hmm. 
working in the, the minutia, the management minutia, as I call it. Um, it's about so much more and making that shift, I would say is the number one challenge that I have and the number one predictor of success. Okay. So that sounds, that sounds all very logical. I guess we all know, we all know what we we should do to be able to sort of let go. I just said with Seagull, just stop pooping on the team. Just let them. When you said Seagull, right. I, just, I thought you were in, what's that animation where it's like, mine, 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 mine. I thought <laughs> that, that's, email. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the, um, yeah, it's so that's true. the CEO because that's I can't let go. Too. I need to be doing it. So yep. I think logically, we that's my point. We, I think all of us know this stuff, but emotionally feeling it it's like I know this stuff but shit I just can't do it how do you help people to overcome that hurdle Mm. well that hurdle tends to be understanding what with very precise clarity what your role will be post transition Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people I mean, our brain is designed to keep us safe and basically fear of the unknown or Uh being uncomfortable triggers the brain to go, you're going to die. So keep small, keep safe, right? Right, exactly. So helping them understand what their role is going to be, how they're going to be happier, how they're going to be more envisioned for what they want. Mm. And I think the other part is really just helping them understand that what they're doing now is not sustainable. So it comes back to vision and, and keeping them accountable to what they want versus mm. being uncomfortably comfortable. Ooh, I, I love that phrase. We use that time and time again, uncomfortably comfortable, that mm-hmm. place where oh, you're, you're okay. Things are good it's a tough place to leave and walk into something that's really uncomfortable. And because, oh my gosh, what if the what, the wheels come off? What if it all burns to the ground? I mean, yeah. what if it burns to the ground anyway when you're still in it because you're the one on fire? There are so many different analogies we can sort of use of this. But yeah, that can be a really sort of a tough place to be. So that uncomfort, being uncomfortable, allowing yourself to be like, okay, I've got this point. I now need to stretch myself and mm. to grow. What's what's the number one thing that they can do to move through that and and, and scale and and grow and and step away? What says the one thing, if nothing else, that's the that's the trigger. That's the one thing that really helps. Mm. <laughs> well, first, speaking of burning down, I like to say that burned out business owners burn down businesses. <clears throat> so something that we do with our clients, which is, uh very funny to see how they handle it is uh, called a two week stress test. Uh-huh. So sometimes they won't do a full two weeks, but most of the time they'll do a week where I tell them you get to pretend you're on a deserted Island mm-hmm. and you don't get to check in with the team. You don't get to check your email. You get to actually go have a vacation because one, I mean, it's great when I come in because then they have this unbiased third party who's coming and helping them see the big picture. Mm. I equate it to, you can't read the bot the label of the bottle when you're in the bottle or like when you're stuck in traffic and you're behind a semi, it's like, I come in in a helicopter and I lift you up so you can see the whole traffic pattern. So you can decide if it's like, get off at the next exit, merge, 
the bridge is out. Who knows? Or you can see that, that there's nothing in front of that truck. You just can't see. There's no traffic. What right. you do, you exactly. go around it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I would say the number one thing that you can do is take a breath, take a, take some space from your business, mm. because I think I have seen too often where business owners are just like stuck in this, like hamster wheel of grinding or doing or whatnot that, that they haven't actually taken a moment to say, like, where are we going? Why are we going this direction? How are we going to get there? And sometimes, you know, taking just a day off to let your brain get some, some space from the stress of work could be all the difference that you need. So, you know, I recommend a two week stress test or at least a day off where you're truly unplugged because I know as business owners, if we don't have that boundary, our business can be something that takes up 24 seven time. Um, and that is the surest way to burn out yourself, your team and your business. Mm, lovely. That reminds me, there's a, there's a slight, a practice that, that we coach our clients through. It's called a new day. And really it's these, it's that kind of stress test, but also seeing what's possible just for one day, make a change, make a different decision, see how that impacts, see the opportunities that come from this. And there are some beautiful things that can come from that, from the safety of it's just one day, see what happens. And it can be kind of beautiful. So to be able to sort of see that, experience it and experience the, hold on, the place didn't burn down. It's okay. What else is possible? I think that's a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful place to be. I love that. Um, We actually do a sort of similar process sometimes. If I have somebody that's particularly stuck, I'll do a worst case scenario walkthrough mm. and I'll actually tell them what they think is going to happen. And like, I mean, I've heard things anywhere from bankruptcy to divorce to I'm going to die. And then we walk through it and then we ask their logical mind and subconscious mind, what's, what's the percentage of that happening? Mm. And sometimes when you know that the worst case scenario is probably not going to happen. It gives you the flexibility and freedom to try something new. Mm. And also I think acknowledging it, actually being like, okay, yeah, let's, let's look at that because look at the worst case, um, mm. feeling your feelings because whether the situation is right or wrong or made up the brain chemicals, well, they're very real. So you are actually feeling the real emotion to a make-believe scenario. So sometimes mm-hmm. acknowledging, yes, I feel this. Yes, this is what I'm worried about. And just hold space. Just acknowledge, just see that. There is something so beautiful about that awareness holding space rather yep. than stuffing it down, trying to, oh my gosh, if you're trying to avoid things, they they grow. There's, mm-hmm. there's so much more that comes of that. So um, beautiful yeah. point. And I, I love that. But hey, we're talking about yeah, what other people, what, what you should do, what they should do. Let's let's get this onto, onto sort of into, into our world, which is, what was it like for you when, when you first started your business? What was it like as you sort of kind of started to grow, started to make, make these sort of moves and um, see that success? What things were kind of in your way or what, what were the challenges that, that you came across that were like, yeah, I had no idea this was coming my way? Yeah. So I like to say that business is personal development with a paycheck, whatever demons unresolved whatever's you have, there's nothing that will flush those things out 
faster than being a business owner. Um, and I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly because I'm sure that most of your listeners have new-ish businesses. So when I started 12 years ago, a lot of the challenges we had, business owners don't have today. We didn't have Stripe. <laughs> we didn't have like any of the easy things. Like I'd have to do wire transfers with clients internationally or domestically. So there was a lot logistically um, when I started as a consultant that was that was challenging. Um, but I think the thing that I saw popping up most often was this fear of disappointing people. And so somebody would be like, Hey, can you do this? I'd be like, I can't do it right now, but let me go YouTube this. And tomorrow I will do that for you. Um, which I mean, sure. Grit, hard work, hustle, if you want to call that, which now I'm really not a fan of the hustle culture. Um, like I really built a business that was a mile wide and an inch deep and it mm. just wasn't sustainable. It wasn't fulfilling. It was stressful. And, um, I did a lot of failing forward in those first five years, but I think the breaking point came in 2018 where we were having record breaking growth and impact with clients. And I was absolutely miserable. I hardly did anything with my friends or family. I was burning the candle at both ends. And I just, I remember just knowing that I couldn't do this anymore. Like things were starting to fall through the cracks. Everybody was getting burned out, including myself. Mm. So on a Friday afternoon, I just closed my laptop, <laughs> you know, had a good cry sesh, didn't talk to a single human being or look at a piece of technology for the entirety of 24 hours, um, which was actually the start of my Saturday ritual now, which is the day that I really unplug. Um, mm. I do all the things that bring me joy, like sleeping in and reading a good book or laundry or cleaning. I know that's weird, but I'm OCD. Um, when it comes to cleaning, I find it very cathartic. Um, and just recognizing that I could not be everything to everyone, nor was that good for them. And so I had to do a lot of work around people pleasing and feeling worthy and feeling like an mm. imposter. But that, that um, point there, that being the people pleasing comes up an awful lot, especially as you grow your business, because it comes from, oh, fuck, it comes from such a good place of, I want to help other people. I want to grow my business. I, I want to say yes, because then they'll stay with me. That I'll have more clients. We also act as survival. Oh my gosh. But it's that people pleasing, over delivering, undercharging, trying to do too much, work life balance goes, bit of perfectionism, all these things are like sort of bolted on. It's like solopreneur bingo right there. It's like tick, tick, tick. It can be so tough. But then you hit this point of, ah, oh, I can't continue. And hopefully that point comes before you've caused damage to yourself, to your relationships, to your business. So you hit that point and it's kind of a, a sort of milestone for you. So as you sort of fast forward to like, okay, you started to build this, these routines into your world. You started to see that I don't want to be doing that. You could see, you could see the road that you could go on, but didn't want to. What, what were the couple of things that you did? You know, factual, actual, logical things that you put in place that you did that allowed you to move forward, to grow. Uh, well, the first was taking Saturdays and really unplugging and recharging that I can correlate 
100, well, maybe not 100, I'm going to say 90% of my business mm -hmm. doubling to that practice. The second is I um, became very rigorous with when I was or was not available to clients. So mm -hmm. after a certain hour on the weekends, I'm not available. I might reply if I happen to be someplace to do that. Otherwise, don't expect a reply. And a funny thing actually happened with that is they started solving a lot of their emergencies without me, which was great. Um, I also started daily theming. So for me, one of the other things that really doubled my business was an admin day. I stole this from my time in the medical field. So Wednesdays is my day where I work ferociously on my business. So only things that move my business forward. I'm not doing email clean out or like admin stuff that are, you know, working in my business. It's just on my business, moving things yeah. forward. Tuesday, Thursday tends to be client days. Mondays are meeting Mondays and then Friday's a flex day. Um, so that really changed a lot. Um, and then the last thing I did is I really started being relentless with saying no and killing off services. So I went mm -hmm. from, golly, I don't even know how many, we'll say 15 different services, um, you know, eight years ago to now we have three. So, um, and they're all related. It's just, what kind of container do you want? Mm. Do you want, you know, a diagnostic that then, you know, you go implement with your team or do you want the diagnostic and then advisory work? Or do you want me to come in as fractional COO? So it's basically one service that has three different ways to be involved. Sure. and it changed everything. It made the team less stressed. It made me less stressed. It increased sales, made clarity. The clients love it. It's easy, simple. It's a joy. Yeah, that's kind of beautiful. And you know, they say about a restaurant, if it's got a small menu, oh my gosh, it's going to be good. If it's got 28 pages, it's like, you know what? You They're not good at doing that. It's, yeah, there's something in that. And with business owners, whether you've just started out or you've been doing it for years and now you've got to change to niche down and change who you're working towards your offers to reduce it down and become highly specialized again with as with everything there's a threat and an opportunity we always look at the threat first of all oh my gosh then we have less clients it's going to be harder to get business all these false limiting beliefs come up because that's that's the worry but the more you're around people who have been there and done that. You see, actually, it was the best thing they could do. It sounds counterintuitive. But when you think about it logically, it's actually logical the other way around. So it's it, it's a big step. So you've been able to sort of come through this, refine what it is that you do, become the absolute expert in this area. You've got your time back. You've got your structure. So obviously, it sounds like, you know, you know all this stuff. You have no challenges, no worries whatsoever. You've got business sorted, right? That's the way it works. <laughs> no, like, sure. I mean, I've got 98% of it figured out, but business is a living, breathing thing and we're all human beings. So as Tony Robbins says, new level, new devil. So what is, yeah, you could say, you also could say the uh, new level, same devil just comes in with like a fake mustache and fake glasses. Like, Hey, you're the same thing. There are all <laughs> these things that we work on that are different levels. It it kind of just manifests its way in, in, in different ways. So what is it that, what, where's your current focus? 
what's the the challenge what's tough what is it that you're looking at it's like yeah this this is the next level or this is something that you've it's always been there that you know you have to leverage or continue to work on what's that for you um so my next level is really just creating more monthly recurring revenue and more financial freedom because um financial and time freedom um because you know I I think I said this in the green room but a cobbler's kids <laughs> like run around without shoes right so even though I do business operations and team, I know my operations and team can improve. Um, and I'm just, I'm going through a pivot right now, personally, where I've built a great business. You know, we're a global business, award-winning, world-renowned, which is great. I love working with my clients and I'm also very aware of the sacrifices I've made. And so mm-hmm. the place that I'm going, the new level is having more balance with my own personal life and and molding my business around my personal life instead of my personal life around my business. Yeah. So this is, this is a brand new area. It's a, it's a new way of looking at it. It comes with our years and years and years of oh, programming and mm-hmm. traits and beliefs you have to unpack because those things that got to where you are right now, they're not the same things that are going to take us that next level, especially as you kind of try and recreate this new business. And it's kind of your say new business. New, it'd be a new business for you. Got a new lens. It's got a new way of looking, new way of working. That's beautiful. So, what what is it personally that you you see and like? Yeah, I I'm not looking forward to this bit. Or I know, just like your clients, that ability to to take that time off. What is it you're looking at and thinking? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Or sorry, what are you avoiding? How about for a question? What are you avoiding right now? What am I avoiding? Hmm. Apart from this question, of course. <laughs> Apart from this question. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly avoiding anything. I'm one of those people yeah. that pushes into my edges. Mm. Um, I think, you know, something that I'm currently working through is disentangling the emotional side of one of my other businesses. Um which happens to be a family business. Mm. I think that's probably one of my biggest challenges right now of, um, you know, I've stepped away as COO and I, my, my father keeps trying to pull me back in like Steve jobs. Um, and you know, it, it might be that I get to go back in and, and save the company. Um, but for me, I think the thing that I'm really focused on is peace and what brings me peace. Um, so, you know, I have clients that will pay me tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars to work with me, but if I don't feel that we're going to have a win-win or that mm. it's going to be, like, I don't want to say smooth sailing cause it's never really smooth sailing, but more of like a symbiotic, peaceful experience, then I will say no. Um, And I actually say no to more businesses than probably you would think because either I don't think they're ready. um, I think I want to pause there. That's there's something so powerful, something so beautiful about being able to say no to the wrong clients. So the little red flags that, you know, Mm -hmm. 
yeah. again, back to the, the people please, when we first start, there's always that take on the wrong clients. We make all the wrong, all those mistakes. And sometimes we have to, we, we, we know what to do. Again, we know what to do. We hear other stories, but we feel like we have to. So to get to a point where you are creating that space and allowing the right people, the right emotions, the right opportunities your way, that is such a powerful place. And to do it with confidence and love and curiosity and joy. Now, that is something I think we should all continue to aspire to. And again, there'll be a roller coaster, of course. Yeah, and of course, I'm, sure. I'm sure your judgment isn't 100% all the time. But then you learn from, ah, you let this other person in, or you can see another red flag that you didn't quite see before, or your standards change and move. Yeah, I'm not so sure it has very much to do with space. It has to do with trust. Um, and I, the analogy that I give my clients when they're having a tough time making a decision <laughs> is um, <clears throat> if you say yes to a bad client, it's like the equivalent of being on a train platform, waiting for the Orient Express and then getting impatient and then getting on a milk train right as the Orient pulls into the station. Mm. And I think this is something that comes with experience as well as trusting your gut. Um, but I can tell you in every case where I said yes to a client that I had a gut nudge not to say yes to, it caused way more trouble than it was worth. Um, I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to get into like, did my like expectation create this or was it destined to be that way? I'm not going to get into that. But I will say that when you say yes to somebody who's not fully aligned as a client, then you don't have the space. This is where the space comes in. Then you don't have the space to say yes to those dream clients that will, you know, have that epic referability. Like I have a client that's referred no less than six people to me. And if I hadn't had the space because I said yes to a client that wasn't a fit, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with them. Yeah. So it comes with, you know, trusting yourself. And, and if I were to do it all over again, the best advice I would give anyone listening who's starting out is go on a diet. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but my business advisor gave me this homework and it changed everything. Go unfollow all of your competitors. Anyone that makes you feel like not great about yourself or anyone adjacent, because what happens is there's a tendency when you're figuring stuff out to not stay the course because you see somebody else doing it differently. So you have these like half-baked secret launches. Hey, squirrel syndrome. How are you doing? Uh, what, what? Squirrel syndrome. It's like, oh, look at that. Yes, exactly. And so if you can stay focused on what your gifts are and stay the course and, you know, give it at least 90 days without trying to, to shift course, it will get a lot farther, a lot faster. Yeah. yeah. Love that. So just to take that, that trust and that faith, such a critical, critical aspects of, of us as, as business owners, but also sometimes, sometimes the hardest things to listen to how, Let's flip it right back down to you, to your clients. How do you distill the trust and the faith in you and your business when they come and maybe they, they, again, they know what to do. They know they should do it, but it's just so damn hard. How do you try and show that, 
them to trust? How do you give them that faith that they need in order to be like, okay, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Uh, if I understand your question, um, that comes from actually knowing how they are motivated and how they perceive the world. So that's where my um, board certification in NLP and cognitive neuroscience comes in. Um, if I have a client that's motivated by carrots versus sticks, it's very different. So to answer your question, I don't tell them what to do, but I help them tell themselves what to do mm. and whatever needs to be overcome or talked through again, depends on who they are as a person, how they're motivated, how they view the world, how they view risk. Um, you know, a simple question of what needs to be true for you to move forward with this. Oh, is life changing question. Yeah. So, cause sometimes they're like, I just need a spreadsheet. And I'm like, oh my God, that <laughs> thing you needed. Okay, fine. Great. Let's go. Or sometimes they're like, I need to talk to my wife. Like, I need to know that if we do this, that she's got the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't pretend to be a mind reader. I never assume. And I almost always give two options or three, because if you give people two options, then you create a dilemma versus three, you give them a choice. So when I come and I say, these are my recommendations, generally there's three different roads that they can take because mm. entrepreneurs, we love to be told what to do. No, that's not right. We don't love being told what to do, but we want someone to tell us what to do. Oh my gosh. We're just big kids. Unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Or like, just, just tell me how to have a $10 million business that I don't have to run every day. That's not all on me. Yeah. And then if I was like, well, you do this, this, and this, mm. probably I'm not going to get very far versus enrolling them in the process that they want to follow. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I want to just end on that. What needs to be true for you to move forward, whether it's business, personal relationships, health, what needs to be true for you to move forward? I think that's beautifully put. <laughs> Love that. Thank you. Lauren, thank you so much for sharing with us today your, your business what you do behind the scenes and hearing from, from you as you as you grow and scale and and change it's beautiful thank you thank you i appreciate being on the show and if you i mean i'm already in your ears if you want to hear more from me just head on over to my podcast the biz doctor um, or feel free to reach out on the interwebs or visit goldenkeypartnership.com Awesome. Everyone, if you're curious, you're like, hell yes, that sounds amazing. Go check it out. But Lauren, thanks again. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thank you. You're, you're a great interviewer and I, I can't wait to hear what the audience has to say. Oh, you're so, so welcome. <laughs> hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank <laughs> you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.